And it was just a, a, a tremendous experience of, you know, even beyond martial arts of just people are people, you know. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. So um, can I ask you, so do you teach um, all different age groups at your school? Or do you have kids' classes? Do you have, like, yeah, I start, I start at four. I start the kids at four. And um, so, again, they go through a belt progression, and, you know, they have stuff that they memorize. But the interesting thing with, with um, you know, with, with teaching kids that young is that I can do Sistema stuff with four-year-olds. Yeah. And their parents are just like, oh, well, you're just playing with them a little bit. And I says, yeah, we're having fun. And, and then we're going to do our serious stuff where I'm going to sh- teach them their martial art thing. But in my mind and the kid's mind, it's like, hey, we're doing all this really cool martial art moves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's like learning by stealth. My, uh, yeah, my five-year-old yeah. loves it. He's at, um, he's at a school here in, uh, in Chapel Hill, the Quest Center. And so they're doing like ninjutsu, you know, Bujin Khan stuff. And, yeah. he, and he loves, you know, putting on the outfit and doing their specific lessons. And they're fantastic, actually. They're, the, the, teach- the pedagogy there is amazing. They've been doing it 20, 30 years, and they're really, really good at what they do they're fantastic but when he comes home he's like i want to do some sistema you know we like we roll around and i'll you know teach him how to kind of just escape things or chase him with a stick for a while N- not a big yeah. stick <clears throat> before somebody calls child protective services it's a you know just a squishy stick right let's let's say it's enough we started with the pool noodle <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go that's what it is exactly it's definitely not a stick yeah, anyway um but yeah but he really enjoys it and he loves it and he doesn't know he thinks that's like the game and the stuff that he, he does elsewhere is the serious stuff and it's um but it's interesting how the two can play off each other and you can kind of info you know enable learning by stealth that way <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so but, yeah I, st- I start with the you know the kids that age and you know i tell people i go from like you know four to 84 hmm. you know in a given day i usually start teaching the, the little kids and um you know i'm down on the ground with them i'm down on my knees they're jumping on me they're doing everything and you know as i teach them everything yeah and um so i mix that and, and, and like i said they've got some you know i i've simplified the curriculum that I teach as far as kind of the amount of, like you said, you don't need that much material yeah. uh, before you start going into systemic type of thing. So, you know, I do a lot of, uh, of mixing of the arts with them. And then, you know, then I go older school age kids and I go to the teens and, and you know, with the adults later on. And then, you know, I usually end the day with, you know, what is called the systema class. So by the time I'm done with all the other teaching that I've done, yeah, you know, it's my reward. You know, I get the Sistema guys at the end of the day. You get to play. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get to. You know, I enjoy all of it. I mean, honestly, I I teach. You know, whatever. I, if I'm in front of students, it's a good day. Yeah. And um, so it's when good. I'm out there helping them, and I, you know, I teach because of the look on their face when they've learned something. Yeah. And um and and I can help them, and and so that's that's what they key off of, and um so but you know like I said earlier it was just. You know, I always try to, to work in those systema principles and the things that, you know, that we do in the hopes that as they grow and as they learn, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's kind of like when people say black belt doesn't mean anything. And the only people who say that are the people with black belts. Mm-hmm. And um, so because because when you think of a student, they're like they have this expectation of I'm going to learn all these things and I'm going to be really good. Yeah. You know, and, and like people like you, me, all the other instructors, you know, mm-hmm. we train just because we love it. I mean, it's, it, it becomes, you know, it doesn't matter what we have, we would train, but we're weird. We're not normal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, we're, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, all of the guys that you, you connect with, that I connect with, that all the system instructors, we're all over the country. We're all over the world. Hmm. So, and, and we're still a very small number of us. 
I mean, even though there's there's a growing amount of sustainable instructors, it's still very small in the aggregate sure. uh, of guys who do this. And um, and we're spread out. So in any given town, you know, we're pretty rare. Yeah. So, so the average student needs to see, you know, and wants to see some progression. And they want to be able to explain people what they're doing and how far they've come. And, um, you know, kind of they, they need to see something like that, some progress. So, you know, that that's one of the things that, it, it, you know, with system, it's, it's, it's a, you get all that stuff out of the way and you just train, which is fantastic. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, motivation is a very human, it's not a systema issue. It's a human issue for anybody to continue to train. If you don't see progress, if you don't know you're progressing, if you see other people doing things and you don't recognize that in yourself, I mean, there's, you know, you studied, said you study evolutionary biology and things like that. I mean, that's, those are very human needs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need to feel like um, well, status is one that's fairly high up, but it, but it's there, right? Once you feel like you can right. survive and you're fairly safe and secure, and you, you and belonging is another one too. I find you know that's that's very relevant. If people feel like they walk into the place and it has an atmosphere that's just kind of you know doesn't they don't feel like they don't fit. And I, I found this definitely with female students too. It's uh, it took me a long time to get up to like a, a decent ratio of female to male students, and I figured out after a while that there was a critical mass, right? That if you only have yeah one woman in the class and 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 she's she looks really tough because she's been there for a few years and she can get punched and punched dudes the same way you know it's all the guys in the class then if somebody else comes in and they don't and they don't define themselves that way they're like oh well this this is a class for dudes and really really tough chicks so i'm going home right um whereas if you have kind of a spread if you have like four or five um ladies and they're of all different kind of shapes and builds and demeanors and 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 they're all doing it and seem enjoying themselves then when another woman comes in they'll look at it and they'll look at that and say oh this is this is not gender specific this is something that, that i can learn too right and it's for me um, but that's more about the belonging than the you know than the, than the specific techniques i find so that, that's an interesting phenomenon yeah there, there's a lot of i mean when you have a school when you have a membership that you're that you you know um kind of a group of people a community you know that that transcends systema that that's in anything i mean you could apply that to a dance school a gymnastics program anything where you have students sure. yeah. and you have human interaction and how do you inter- do they know you care hmm. do they know that you have their best interests at heart did are you get you know are your students um you know are you telling them hey you know what last week you came in and you got stabbed over and over and over, you know, you came in this week, all of a sudden, you know, you're disarming things, you're getting out of the way, you know, you're getting better. And, and, you know, in, in without having, you know, a rank structure in system, without having a bell progression or anything, there's gotta be, there still has to be some way as for a teacher to let the students know that, um, you know, you are progressing as far as that goes. Yeah. And, you know, that idea of belonging is, is really important to make that identity of, of something of this is my school. I'm a part of this. Yeah. And uh, they miss me if I don't come to class. I mean, you know, the idea that if you have a student who who is a regular student who, who misses class for two weeks and and you don't contact them or you don't shoot them an email saying, hey, man, I haven't seen you in class. Are you OK? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. Car accident. I'm glad you called. I mean, you know, yeah. that that's something that that's like general business practices for somebody, uh, you know, outside of. You know, it has nothing to do with the actual art, right? Yeah, 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 um, definitely. Well, and it's also just caring about people, you know, besides uh, above and beyond the business. You know, it's like, well, do you treat them like a commodity or do you treat them like you know, friends, people that you would, you know, like to have around you? Yeah, that, absolutely. And, you know, that that's, you know, Sistema for Life. Something I got from Sistema was, you know, in my own self-awareness of, 
you know, people would say the thought counts. And I was like, oh, I, I was thinking of calling you, you know, and, and, and for me personally, <laughs> yeah. I, I have learned to take those thoughts and put them into action much more so now where I, well, I'll just shoot a quick message to somebody and say, hey, and, uh, and people appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but that was something that I had, it was one of my lessons that I learned from, you know, doing this. Yeah, I'm reminded and, of a, a Flight of the Concords line from a song, the day after my birthday is not my birthday, mum. <laughs> it's, it's not the thought that counts, it's like you got to do it, right? you got to call them up on their birthday and say, hey, it's today. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, you know, the internet helps you with a lot of that communication stuff. But, yeah. you know, that's sometimes the, the issue is, you know, with businesses, so when you take a hobby or a passion and you turn it into a business, there are things that you have to do that have nothing to do with the actual doing of your hobby. Yeah. You know, and you know, you talked about music. I mean, imagine you and I were in a band and, yeah. and love to just jam. We got to get a manager to book us gigs, get on the road. You know, we've got to get people selling our, you know, albums and everything else. And, yeah. you know, that's a whole it, it's a second job is what it is. And we'll probably have to play that one track from the first album that was really big that we hate now because we've played it 5000 times. They're going to ask for that the first gig. So, I mean, I don't want to do it now, Brad. I mean, I was, I was in until you started talking about that. <laughs> that's that's actually a really good point, Glenn, because. Um, there are things that, so as a teacher, you know, like you said, we always have to be going over the basics with people mm. and, and, and I, and I've done this where I, I had a class of guys and, you know, I looked around and I said, don't you guys know this? I said, I've been teaching you guys this forever. And I looked around and I, and I thought, wait a minute, you guys are a completely different group of students. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I had to go back and say, wait, you guys don't know this. I have to go back and, and, and teach you guys all this because, you know, if you're teaching from the perspective of where we are, we would never want to play that one hit wonder that we had. We want to play other music that we were making. Sure. But you got to go back and do that because for them, that's what they need. Yeah, that happens all the time. With, with And it's funny, and it happens increasingly now that I've got a couple of um, other instructors teaching at the school. And so, you know, I'll cycle in and out and that kind of stuff. But even when I was teaching, you know, five nights a week and that kind of stuff, I would I'll teach something. I'll be like, oh, OK, so tonight we're going to do this work with the stick and we're going to work in a certain way. And then in the circle at the end of it, people would say, yeah, this is the first time I've ever really worked with a stick. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> I'm like, Didn't we do it last week? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that was, you know, maybe yeah, was we did it three, three weeks, two months ago, but you you went in that class and you just missed it and for some reason you've always missed the stick night you know it's kind of keeps going around because we don't have a curriculum so i don't like plan it out and cycle through things periodically it's like sometimes that can happen and somebody who's been training for a couple of years can can have not done something that's i mean we always do the fundamentals but there can be like a specific way of looking at something or a drill and i'm like wow i thought that was a pretty you know i thought i did that all the time and the beginners especially remind me that um that sometimes to, that i need to go back a couple of stepping stones and, and give, fill fill in the blanks you know <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, when I teach, you know, kind of the traditional class, if I walk into a class and I see a bunch of beginners, you know, they're white belts. I'm like, OK, this is what they need to know. Yeah. And, and then I could walk into an advanced class and say, OK, they, they've been here for a long time. They, so it's, it's easy to, to parse that out. Mm-hmm. But when you walk into a mat and everybody's just wearing, you know, street clothes. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard as a teacher and you've, you kind of sometimes just segue into whatever you really like to do yourself. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, um, be the best for them. So, so, so can I ask? Um, so there might be quite a few. Uh, I mean, some system, some instructors out there, and new ones, or have been around for a little while, are, are doing great. You know, they have their own school, and they have you know twenty 
30 students at least and they're you know keeping things afloat and they're at least doing making it into something they can do part-time but there's not that many people at least at the moment in north america who are doing this as a full-time gig right they can kind of run a school and teach sistema maybe allied with some other arts and things like that or teaching kids classes um but they're trying to make a go of it and when they're kind of stuck at the you know renting a room at the local ymca with you know five or six guys or something like that nothing not that there's anything wrong with that if people want to do that then that's wonderful the 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 fact that they train is, is the most important thing but if if they are there and they and they just want to try and kind of make that jump towards um getting a school um and making it kind of something that's self-sustaining what what advice would you have for them what stepping stones do you think they need to kind of go through is, is, a, is a kid's class for example is that kind of necessary it seems to be kind of like a dogma in the martial arts um instruction community that if you don't teach kids classes you're just never going to have enough students because 90 percent of the people who do martial arts are kids you know and that kind of stuff or and also you know is there a branding problem sometimes with system and do you have to kind of relabel it in some way so that as you said people don't get put off or um as or as they might with any specific martial art what would your advice be to somebody who's maybe got a training group and they want to turn into something a little bit more solid um my advice would be don't quit your day job um, but, uh, no, it's, it's you, I mean, you know, half seriously, you'll probably, if, if money's your issue, you'll make more money doing it part-time or doing it as a hobby. I mean, if you have, you know, had, had I stayed in Chicago and been working on a stock options exchange, I would have had way more money. Right. Yeah. But for me, it's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. And, so so uh, maybe to, maybe to rephrase a little bit. So maybe if somebody wants to make a, a lifestyle shift, maybe they are, you know, selling insurance or they're, you know, working in stock market or something like that like you were and they want to kind of make a shift but they're like well i can't just make the i can't go the the crazy that valerie cautioned you against and that kind of stuff but how can i at least get to a part-time thing where i'm spending half of my time doing something that me i don't really like that much and then uh, at least i can reimburse myself for the amount of time that you, I'm, I'm teaching. you have to you have to separate you know the the service that you provide which is teaching sistema yeah and and business practices because they, like I said, they're, they're different skills. And, uh, you know, I, I tell this to people all the time, doing something is a skill. So mm-hmm. if you've learned how to play guitar, do Sistema, you know, do some, that is, that, that's one skill, your ability to translate that and teach that to someone else so they can do what you do is another skill. Yeah. So anybody who wants to become a teacher needs to study teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make you a better teacher. Now you could be the best teacher in the world and still not have enough students because, you know, actually the business practices, you know, selling marketing, you know, doing the day to day things that you need to do that have nothing to do with teaching. You have to be ready to do that as well. Yeah. And, you know, like we talked about, I mean, you have to be able to say, Hey, it's John's birthday. Hey John, happy birthday. We're really happy that it's your birthday. You know, yada, yada, whatever. You have to be able to do stuff like that or call people if they don't come to class and you know, yeah. you, you have to have the ability to say, here's a list of my students. These are my current students. I have 10 students, you know, five of them came last week. What happened to the other five? Yeah. So you, you got to do kind of some of that, you know, kind of herding of people and, and, and th- those abilities are what will keep the school going. You got to know how to market. You got to know how to use your money properly. That's all stuff that, um, you, you have to go in eyes wide open and saying, I understand that this has nothing to do with the art that I love. This is how any business you know, I mean, any business has to operate with, you know, bringing in more money than it spends. Yeah. Right. And and so you have things like you've got, you know, how to get the lowest lease. So martial arts schools in general usually have low visibility because the rent is cheaper. Hmm. 
you know, I bought my building, so, you know, I get that. So, you know, all there's decisions that I made that, you know, my building appreciates, you know, my rent never goes up. I, yeah. you know, I, you know, those are good practices, but you got to learn how to do that. You know, you might have to learn how to negotiate that if you don't know how to do that. Yeah. And, um, so, so those are things that, you know, it's all protecting, you know, your, your business to keep it, you know, thriving. I mean, you know, my wife works full time as well. So that helps as well. You know, so if I have downtime, you know, I can fall back on her. So, you know, if you're fortunate that you have a working spouse, then um, that's something that can get you through rough times um, or just having different kinds of income that allow you to do things like that. So, um, you know, if somebody's going to do it, I mean, it, it, it's it's not easy. I mean, you got to like I said, you've got You're going to work harder. You know, there's a saying with entrepreneurs or business owners that they're the only people who work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 hours a week for someone else. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you asked me like, hey, what are you doing today? It's like, well, I took my kids to school and, you know, I'm going over all my student body and, and mailing some things out and, and I'm planning events and I'm doing all that. And then, you know, I'll go in at four o'clock and teach until nine. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, it's kind of the things that you, you know, if you if you are. I like to let people know kind of what's coming ahead so they can plan for it and look at it. Yeah. So I, I do that when I teach, I do that, you know, with that kind of thing of just like, if, if you can see what you're going to go through, it, it kind of makes it easier to get through it. Yeah. Uh, versus not having any idea of what's coming next. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, that's, there's a lot to it, Glenn. I mean, cause like I said, you have your operations, you have your marketing, you have your sales, you have administration, you have, you know, the teaching aspect of it. I mean, those are all things that you got to get good at or you have to find somebody, you know, yeah. if you can find a partner, if you have a, you know, a lot of martial arts schools are mom and pop shops yeah, and uh, where, where both of them work with it. So if you have a good working relationship with the spouse, you know, or if you find a partner that you can work with, I've, I've seen a lot of partners, partnerships, you know, not working out mm. you know, because of, you know, even in system, I've seen guys have schools and they just have difference of viewpoints and, yeah. you know, they want to go in their separate ways. So, you know, there's just some of the kind of the pitfalls, I guess, um, you know, or things that you need to be aware of if you're going to go in and do it. Um, you know, I mean, so like, I know of people who, you know, off the top of my head, I guess, you know, like Martin teaches in California, right? Yeah. And he's got, so he can teaches, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in the school as well. Yeah. And Martin gets a lot of, you know, income from teaching seminars and so does he. Yeah. So they have ancillary stuff too that kind of helps keep that school going. Yeah, I mean the uh, I think the taekwondo classes and the MMA classes and the you know Mark Denny's and Dog Brothers type stuff you know the and the reality right. stick stuff. I, I think it's the it's the combination of those that allows them to be successful paying Beverly Hills rent. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of synergy that happens, and you know yeah. if you could do that, then you know I mean there's you know if if you rent a space, let's say, and you teach after work or you teach at night, and you know. There's nothing wrong with having a yoga class rent your space and, and teach in the mornings and, and do stuff like that just to help pay for, you know, yeah, uh, you know, your expenses. I mean, so, I mean, the, one of the biggest things I would do is, you know, I would go make a list of and I've done this. I do this is, you know, what's your what's your nut? You know, what's your rent? What's your, you know, utilities? What, what is it? What is all the expenses that you have to figure out to do it? Hmm. And then, you know, figure out. Um, you know, what you want to charge and how many students you need just to keep everything going. And if you look at that and think, man, I can't hit that number, then, you know, you might look at, you know, different options versus because when you go in, I mean, when I opened my school, I mean, it was pure just like confidence, you know, like kind of, you know, Mark Twain had a saying, like if, if you need two things to be successful, one is uh, confidence, the other one is kind of uh, ignorance. 
and, and that's what it was. I had no idea. You know, I just, yeah. I, I opened a door. I remember going to my school the first day and just, I stood there. Mm. You know, door was wide open. Wait, and I was wait like, for the hordes to come rushing from all over. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I finally said, I got to do something. <laughs> I got to go find some students. So, you know, that, that's, it was, it was a big gulp. It's scary. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, if, if you know that stuff going, you know, in and you can figure out what you need to make. Mm. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, no matter what you charge, as soon as you start charging, you're a professional. I mean, you're paying, somebody's paying you as, as a professional for your services. Mm. So, uh, how valuable do you think it is what you do? Yeah. And, and you know, I have people come in, I've had system guys, other martial arts guys. What I do is too sacred to charge and get money for it. I'm like, well then don't. Mm-hmm. Why are you charging five bucks? Just don't charge at all, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that in, in, in kind of the selling industry, I mean, that's so much more about the person's own, you know, insecurities. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, if I would say what my first trip to Russia, I was going to buy a house. I took the down payment to pay for the trip to go to Russia. Mm. So I could have done that. And, you know, I made a choice. And that choice is why I can stand in front of you and teach you what I can teach you. Yeah. It's, and so that's worth something. It's an investment, right? In the, in the future, you know? what you could do. I mean, all of, you know, it's just, and anybody who does a service, um, it gets discounted. You know, if I sell you a Mercedes and you don't like it, I can take it back and sell it. And you see the value of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, if I teach you something that's taken my whole life to be able to explain to you so you can learn it now. Yeah. Um, why is that worth nothing? And, and so for me, I, I, come to learn, you know, my own value of what I do and what I know and bring to my students. Yeah, that's definitely, that was something that was difficult for me along the way, because I was kind of raised with kind of like an honest day's work for an honest day's wage type mentality. And and so uh-huh. I was just like, oh, well, you know, I feel like if you come into a class and it's an hour long, then probably, you know, I don't know, 10 bucks, you know, and I kind of did it yeah. that way. Like, what what are people kind of, you know, compared to what else is going on around us and all that kind of thing willing to pay? And there's an aspect of that, you know, if you put the prices above a certain level, then people will balk at it because they're saying, well, this is just compared to BJJ school or compared to something else. This is just seems like too much, right? So you have to stay within that ballpark. But at the same time, if you're teaching kind of private lessons, you know, one-to-one things and, um, and even in the group classes and the seminars and that kind of stuff as well, then you have to say to yourself, well, how long did it take me? How many trips to Toronto? How many, you know, <laughs> weekend seminars and all of the, you know, the, the hotels and all the drinking and, oh, wait, well, that doesn't really come into it. Yeah. But, you know, but all of the expense that I put into to acquiring this knowledge, right, is, you know, you could be totally benevolent and just give that away for free, but I've also got to feed my kids, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a disservice to them if you don't at least respect the time that they donated in order to let you go to Toronto and in order to let you go on these things, right? You're like, well, this is paying off. It's making me a happier, healthier person. It's helping me to help other people, but it's also paying the mortgage, you know? So at some point you have to not be mercenary, but at least kind of acknowledge that there's value in that and that other people. And actually when you assume, what I found was is as soon as you acknowledge that and start embodying it, that people are happy to, they're, you know, they're happy about it. And if you're insecure and you seem squirrely about um, charging people, then they're like, well, why are you worried about it? Do you, do you not think it's worth anything? Right. So it's, exactly. And then you get fewer students and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's a whole issue of, you know, people have one way to ascribe value and that's mm. by the price. I mean, in, in our society, mm. um, it's, well, you know, that, that is $10. That's $110. Well, that one must be better, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that is a, that is a, a business lesson that 
many martial arts schools have learned. And since, and now they all like, so where I, I mean, I'm surrounded by martial arts schools mm. and I used to be the highest, you know, charging school in town. And I've had other schools blow past me in recent years. And I turn around thinking, God, I got to raise my rates because I know what I'm teaching. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there's so much wrapped up in that because, um, you know, there's a, there's a, I don't know if it's an apocryphal story about Salvador Dali who, you know, some woman asked him to draw a picture for him. And, um, you know, so he pulls out, you know, his pen, he draws his whole thing and he says, that's $10,000. And she says, that took you five minutes, $10,000. He said, woman, you know, it took me my entire life to be able to draw that. <laughs> and, um, you know, and so it is a mindset shift and, and people will accept what you put down. And, and that, see that, what I said earlier about like the physically doing Sistema, mm. you know, one time Vlad told me, he said, you know, he goes, don't have all these techniques. He goes, you stand naked in front of the person. Mm. And, and that image for me of, was just so powerful of you just standing with good structure and you're just, you know, that's who you are. Yeah. When you stand in front of somebody and say, this is what class is, this is how much it is, people say, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they believe you, right? And it's because, yeah, you know, because it's I true, mean, it's you being sincere, it's coming from a place of, you know, assuredness, you know, rather than kind of bravado, or, you know. Exactly, that if you're, if, you know, because people can smell a rat, you know, they know if you're just trying to get one over on them. I mean, on yeah. an unconscious level, they get that. And if you come in and just say, you know what, this is it, and this is going to do these things for you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you by the hand, and we're going to do this, and this is going to be the best thing you've ever done, mm. then people go, man, awesome, let's do this, you know. I mean, even just that enthusiasm from yourself, to help them, you know, all of that, the confidence, everything with that gets it across and people respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, so those are some things, I mean, the, the business part, you know, like I said, that's a whole, I mean, there's, that's an entire area of, you know, you have to focus on that. Yeah, definitely. uh, If you're going to do it. So that sounds like good advice. Divide and conquer. That's the way forward. Learn all the individual skills that you need and don't just think that your system of skills is going to float you the rest. Definitely. So um, just I'm I'm trying to be mindful of your time. So I've had you on here for an hour. So I really appreciate um, and And if we have to cut off, then we have to cut off. But I want to kind of delve back a little bit. You've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, your first trip to Russia. I know you've been to Russia several times and I think you were one of the first um, instructors in North America to be qualified um, in as a system instructor. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So can you tell us um, maybe a little about your uh, your experiences going over to Russia, to Moscow HQ, maybe about the, f- the first time you went over and maybe you know, some stories from subsequent visits, things that you felt like were kind of formative for your training? It's, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, um, you know, given the current political climate, it kind of takes on a different uh, kind of hue, I guess, for me, you know, the, the way things are now between the states and Russia. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because, uh, you know, one of our, tr- I mean, our first trip, I mean, we were under the Kremlin. You know, we got, we got, I mean, there was just such a small group of us and, uh, and Vladimir wasn't even on that trip. And, um, it was, you know, there were like 10 of us mm. and, uh, and we went to some, you know, crazy places. I mean, driving around, uh, in like little minivans around Moscow in the middle of the night going into, you know, their bases wow. and, uh, you know, stuff like that outside of the training was, you know, it's it, like I said, you know, think of, of the current political climate right now. I'm thinking, holy cow, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> Um, you know, and I, and I came out alive. Um, no, the, the training was just, uh, like I said, when I, when I had seen Sistema and, um, the guy who was putting the trip together, um, you know, when he, when he just said, he's like, we're, we're going to go see Michael. And, uh, he had brought Michael and Vlad to, uh, Denver. It was in January, I think of 2000. And, uh, so there was a big, it was Michael's first trip to the States. And, um, 
you know, I, I think there's some clips of me. I I actually had hair at the time and uh, Michael was working me over like he did everybody else. And I just was, I got to go train with this guy. Yeah. And they said, Hey, we're going to put it some, some guys, we're going to, we're going to go see him. And I was like, that's where I, I had the money I was putting aside for this uh, townhouse I was going to get. And I just said, forget it. I, it. Take it. I'm going. And I, ju- I mean, I just went hmm. and, um, it was, it was very formative. Um, and, um, when, when we went, uh, you know, like I said, it was a small group of us and we got off the plane. First thing we did is went to Michael's house and very, very, uh, got a lot of Russian hospitality, um, to the point where, uh, you know, they kind of, uh, we stumbled out of his house, put it that way. <laughs> and, and then the next day we trained for like nine hours and, uh, it was, it was brutal. <laughs> Um, you know, we had, we had one translator, this woman who translated, who had nothing, no martial art experience. She didn't understand what we were doing, why we were doing it. She was kind of, uh, kind of uppity. And, uh, so there was not a lot of explanation. There wasn't, uh, you know, it it really was just, um, grab a partner. Michael's going to demonstrate now go. And that was about it. And uh, first person I paired up with in Russia was this skinny guy and uh, smiling at me. And, uh, you know, I worked with him. He taught me a lot. It was fantastic. I was moving around with everybody. You know, one of the next days we were we we were overnight in the woods and they're like, OK, Constantine is going to teach you all this stuff. And there's this little tent um, that, you know, like tarp, you know, that he comes out of in the morning. And uh guy comes out and I'm like, hey, that's the guy I was working with. <laughs> and, and, and it was Constantine, Kamarov. Right. And uh, it was, I was like, oh, my God. Right. You know, and it, but his demeanor was totally different. I and mean, he was dead serious. And it was just like, you're out here to survive. And this is what we're going to do. And we we're wandering around the woods at night. And yeah. Um, yeah. It, was, it was it was really funny. But um, they were great. It was it was nice because it was basically nine hours of them just throwing us on the ground and us getting back up, not knowing what was happening. Uh-huh. And, and I think that, um, that amount, I mean, we, none of us could move. I mean, we're going up and down these stairs. We could barely walk up and down the steps. We were so sore. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, I, I think that that amount of, of just concentrated time of get up, what did you just do to me? And then them just kind of like give you the, the come here fingers, do it again, and then boom, just put you down. And we're just thinking, what? And it was that it was in the middle of the week. Michael said something that um, you'll everybody will probably be familiar with. He said, he goes, none of you guys know how to breathe. Uh-huh. He said, he says, and you guys are really stiff, and you're not moving, and you keep bending over. <laughs> Sounds like the framework for teaching systemic from that point forward. <laughs> Pretty, and so he said, yeah. maybe we should just work on that. And so that's yeah. what we started working on. And yes, that that has since become kind of like what people talk about. Oh, the four main principles. And it was this kind of hmm. and it was just like for Michael looking at all these Americans like, you know, I almost had to, you know, in my mind, you know, like him thinking, you guys stupid Americans, you know, it just there was this kind of thing where he's just like, you don't know this. Right. And um, and then they just drilled it and drilled it and made us do it. But I just think that that amount of time, just the exhaustion, they just over, over, over. Hmm. Uh, it, it, it it was when I had come back from that and then Vladimir saw me after that, that he gave me my instructorship. Right. 
Because he was like, you're totally different. He goes, you're soft. And I got it. I have a video clip of that where he says, oh, before it was so easy to knock you down because you were stiff. You know? Right. Uh-huh. And, um, it, it was it was tremendous. I mean, that that experience of I mean, that of all the trips, I guess, you know, I guess you remember the first one. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it was it was small. I remember us. It was kind of like the high school dance hmm. because Michael's in the middle demonstrating and all the Americans are on one side of the room. <laughs> Wait for partners gazing shyly at people across the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 even some of them had commented in end circles. They're like, "We thought you Americans were going to be really mean, and and we didn't know what to expect of you." And we're on the other side going, "We didn't know what to expect of you guys either. We're coming to your country, and we're kind of you know we don't know what's going on." And yeah. and over the course of the week, everybody really bonded, and 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 you know everybody's true personality came out after that, and mm-hmm. and it was just a, a, a tremendous experience of. You know, even beyond martial arts, of just people are people. You know. Yeah. So, um, so it's one. Would you recommend that um, anybody who's deeply interested in Sistema would kind of definitely go there, like a pilgrimage, something that kind of has to be done, or do you think this is like a subset of people who would benefit from it? Um, I don't think I don't, I don't think anything has to be done, but um, <laughs> I'm asking the wrong guy in philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, if you have a chance to go, I'd say go. I mean, it's just you know, it's just it's when Michael comes comes out you know he's it, it was different because when he came to denver you know he was m- much more accommodating i would say to the american student body that he came to see yeah but then when we went you know it was like five months later then we went there it was like hey you're in my room in my home now right. and this is do stuff and it was and like i said he was much more and i they had just come back from you know the the, the front lines and I think they had just come back from Chechnya. So they were all just like in, in kind of combat mode. Yeah. And um, so they were, you know, they were slim and serious and just, you know, they were, it was a different experience going to see Michael and, and, and in his, you know, kind of in the lion's den kind of thing, you know. Hmm. Same way seeing Vlad in Toronto. You know, you go to Toronto and, you know, he just walks in. He's like, all right, you're in my school. This is how this works. Yeah. And I'll show you, you know, you get the guys like I'm going to show you why you should be doing this yeah. and how it works and why it works. And there's not going to be any questions where, um, you know, if you go, when you're going out to teach a workshop or something, I mean, you want to accommodate everybody and you want to be, you know, kind of gracious to them. But, yeah. um, so I definitely think that if you, if, if you live in, you know, North America, if you can't get to Russia, at least get to Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, all the Europeans that do system, I mean, geez, it's easy to get over to, um, see Michael. Yeah. So I, I definitely would recommend it, put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, and, but, but, but do you have to, can you get good at system without having gone to Russia? Absolutely. Hmm. No, I mean, there's, uh, if, if Sistema is a human birthright by, you know, kind of well born with this, these abilities or, you know, this is the way humans are, then you can practice that anywhere. You know, if, if they are in fact universal principle principles, then you just need to find a good teacher. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, so if somebody comes to you, somebody comes to me, you know, we take them as far as we can go. And then we say, all right, go see Vladimir, go see Michael, do this. Then they go do that. Um, you know, that's a, a definitely, uh, you know, a doable and, and probably more common path for students. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, so so to that end, um, so aside from going up to Toronto HQ, which uh, you and I have both advocated <laughs> repeatedly like, uh, on this podcast and elsewhere, um, if somebody is looking for a good teacher, how would they find out about you if they're in the Colorado area? Um, so you're in Boulder, you said? Yeah, we're well, right outside of Boulder Long Long. It's this little bedroom community. It's in Boulder County. Um, so, so where can people find you online, your your books, resources? Uh, our, 
website is um, SystemaColorado.com. Um, and same with the Facebook page is, you know, just type in Systema Colorado. I come up. Those are the quickest ones. Um, you know, email me. I mean, you can find me, you know, I, I do things easy. My email is brad at scornavaco.com. Right. And uh, so I have the domain and it's my, you know, if you know my name, you got my email. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, anybody who can make it out, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Denver is the biggest town where we are, the biggest city. And so we're kind of northwest of that. And, you know, people always tell me, why, do, why isn't your school in Denver? And I'm like, well, because I live here. Um, <laughs> You know, and they're like, well, open a school in Denver. And I'm like, well, then I would have to drive a half hour to get to you guys. You guys come up and, you know, come see us. But, um, yeah, everybody's always welcome. I'd love to have, you know, visitors if they ever come out to Colorado just because it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do I do workshops uh, every uh, February, every three months, February, May, uh, August and November. We always do, um, you know, kind of at least a Saturday, if not a Saturday and Sunday uh, seminar that we do. And uh, Mark Jacobson actually gave me the idea. And um, so I do that for all of the students who travel because I got a lot of guys who come from surrounding states yeah. and uh, can't train regularly. But having something like that on the schedule where they know sure. uh, they can come in. So I'll have guys who cross train in other martial arts because there's no system around them. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and, and, you know, they'll say, hey, I've been doing this. How do I improve this? Or how do I kind of fit in with Sistema? And uh, and we do that kind of thing. So that, that's that been uh, I've been doing that for I don't know, probably 10 years. And that's, this is fantastic. I mean, that's just something I think that everybody should do. You should, you should either host people coming in if you have a school or you should do it yourself and just something that people could come in for a few hours, you know, kind of, you know, dip their toe in the pond, get a taste of it, um, you know, and and then go on to do what they got to do. It's, it's a really good service for people. Yeah, I found that one to be a. It, you get a lot of um, toe dippers who then stay after that, right? They'll come for the, the seminar and then they'll be like, oh, and they, then they end up showing up at least for more seminars, but sometimes for group classes and things. And some of them drive a long way to do it. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. useful having those those predictable periods. Yeah, for training. you know, it's, it's like, like you said. You know, so people see it, they don't understand it, they don't believe it. You know, I've never had a guy come on my mat and say that doesn't work after they've been to class. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. They've always been like, whoa, what the heck was that? It's like, well, yeah. it's this. You can learn this. So uh, so getting them in is, you know, that, that's one way that you can help it, you know, when people come in. But, um, yeah, the other thing is that, uh, you know, I've got, um, uh, you know, if we had time to talk about that. But I, I had a few training videos that I made. Um, I've written a couple books. One of them is the Systema book. You know, it's just a lot of insights that I've had. Um, it's called Systema Revelations that I did. It was just kind of a lot of little insights and, and things that kind of hit me about Systema. I just – you know, um, here and there, cause it's, it's, it's hard to teach it as a, it's hard to explain system on a step-by-step progression, like other martial arts. Yeah. Uh, so there was just a lot of, you know, different things over the years I've come across to do. And then, um, you know, I wrote a book about bullying, which a lot of that book was, um, influenced by, you know, system philosophy and, and mm. things that we do. And, uh, but, you know, I put some stories about Michael in there and some things that Vladimir had, you know, kind of talked to me about. And uh, that's, that's, that's kind of a general, uh, it's called um, So I Won't Have to Fight. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I named it that, was it's up from the old Karate Kid movie, but uh, my audience was people who aren't necessarily martial artists. And the idea was when I told people I was writing a book about bullying, they said, well, you're going to teach them how to you know, beat the bully up. And I'm like, well, well, no, you know, there's other things you can do. So a lot of it is psychological warfare. But, yeah. uh, you know, so I, um, a couple of things that if, if people are interested in, um, definitely. You know. and I'll put, um, I'll put links to those on the, uh, in the show notes and um, for when these come out. So if people want to click through and so that's Systema revelations. And so I won't have to fight. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And the subtitle is, uh, you know, bully solutions from martial art masters. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause it, you know, 
I used to watch TV and people are like, oh, some kid killed himself because he's bullied. Some kid, you know, you know, hang himself. And, and I thought, why? And then they would bring on a martial artist. Hmm. Then they would have them talk about it. Of, well, what's going on in these schools? And I thought, you know, why is it that these guys, you know, all the people who are talking about conflict and bullying and what to do are people of no experience with conflict. Hmm. And some of the advice that I seen was really, you know, kind of specious. Yeah. And, so I thought, why don't they hear from martial artists about this? And so, you know, spoiler alert, the book is called So I Won't Have to Fight. But there's a whole chapter on, you know, why you do have to fight and, and how to. <laughs> so, Great. Uh, well, that's yeah. maybe um, it sounds like there's lots more to talk about. I'd really like to hear more about um, the book specifically and also like, uh, you know, your travels to Russia and your experiences over the years. So uh, you're up for doing this again at some point? Yeah, I'd love to, Glenn. I had a great time talking to you. And, I, and again, I hope it's just, you know, people, you know, get some value out of what we talked about. And, you know, if they want to contact me, you know, I'd be happy to talk to them. Great. I'm already planning my uh, my excuse for a holiday to, uh, to boulder with the families. <laughs> I'd love to see you. Brill. Well, thanks, Brett. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Have a good one, Glenn. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. If you'd like to find out more about Sistema classes and seminars worldwide, please visit www.russianmartialart.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can share it with your friends online, you can support us and write a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, or you can support us directly via patreon.com with a monthly contribution of $2 or more. That's www.patreon.com slash ncsystema. Many thanks, good health, and see you in training.